you will receive us. We do not ask for your poor or your hungry. We do not want your tired and sick. It is your corrupt we claim. It is your evil that will be sought by us. With every breath, we shall hunt them down. Each day, we will spill their blood till it rains down from the skies. Do not kill. Do not rape. Do not steal. These are principles which every man of every faith can embrace. These are not polite suggestions. These are codes of behavior. And those of you that ignore them will pay the dearest cost. There are varying degrees of evil. We urge you lesser forms of filth not to push the bounds and cross over into true corruption, into our domain. But if you do, one day you will look behind you and you will see we three. And on that day, you will rip it! Everybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies that doesn't take itself too seriously. I am Bryn. I'm Jeremy. And today we have a guest. Jeremy, tell them about our guest. <laughs> well, it's only Kieran Dold from the Corner Spady podcast. There you go. Hell yeah. 100% Hello, full marks. Thank you. Our, our, uh, our genuinely Irish friend, um, only Irish person I know. Um, only Irish person. <laughs> not really Irish. He's no. from Boston. That is a Get Polish owned. ass last name. <laughs> Patak doesn't even sound a little Irish. No, he's yeah. It's it's some sort of Polish or German or something like that. Um, it's fucked up. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we're here uh, on the Generation Lost podcast, the show about movies that doesn't take itself too seriously, and we are starting a brand new Happy Pride Month, everybody. <laughs> of we course, have... <laughs> let me yeah, yeah, take this Such back. Such a perfect a step. movie for yeah. Sorry. Yes. So, as as those who listen to the podcast regularly know, we just finished up Gay May and uh, rounding Gay out, Month May. Rounding out Gay May, we are now coming into Pride Month, June. Uh, right. And in honor of Pride Month, we will be celebrating by watching the films of actor Willem Dafoe. That's right, <laughs> folks. The Dark Council has decided that June, Pride Month, will be mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe Month here on the Generation Last Podcast. Yeah, they're firing on all cylinders over there. Yeah, I don't know it- why they've decided to celebrate <laughs> queer voices in this way, but who am I to uh, who am I to speak out against our largely trans and queer audience? <laughs> Um, they that almost follows you around for some reason. <laughs> Me watching the movie where they say the f word a lot of times actually is oh, yeah. is allyship because it was suggested yeah. by a large queer audience. You're absolutely right. Yes, that's true. We were, were for the beginning of actual Pride Month. We'll be starting with a movie that has the n word <laughs> and the f word. Oh yeah. Uh, um, Yes. And I, I have to imagine that if Troy Duffy knew what a trans person was, they probably would have used some <laughs> trans slurs as well. Yeah, if if um, I mean he kind of wrote it as a I assume there's a uh, it's a big man in drag joke at the end. Uh I don't really get the how this movie works or what is going on inside of the man's brain. <laughs> uh but we can't talk about that yet. What we must talk about before we get there, is what else we all watched this week? Uh, so, Kiran, what else have you watched this week? I'm so glad you asked, Bryn, because... <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. 
as, as someone who uh, uh, has a, a toddler, it's been a, a long dry spell apart from this week. So this is actually very opportune. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, it was a long weekend here in Germany and my father-in-law came to visit uh, and he he teaches like screenwriting in Ireland and stuff like that. So he always comes to us for what fucked up shit are you watching? So <laughs> it was a great time to revisit um, a lot of Japanese reality television that he would not watch of his own volition. So okay. yeah, um, where to start? Uh, watched a bit of Anori Love Wagon, um, which okay. is yeah. <laughs> uh, bear with me here. Part dating show, part travel show. Um, okay, where they what get is this? say it again. Anori Love Wagon. Anori Love, Love Wagon. wagon it's on Netflix. <laughs> now uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna before you go any further, I'm gonna say aside from Anori, I'm gonna say Love Wagon. Mm. Sounds like it would be a German show. Right. <laughs> Die Liebwagon. Um, no, Inori Love Wagon has the, has the perfect quality of a Japanese show title of, I guess that's technically correct English, but it feels like an AI wrote it. Um, no, they get four guys and three girls to go on like like a backpacking holiday, like a, like a budget holiday. They're given like... 50 yen a day like a, a tenner like ten dollars a day to like get food and stuff mm-hmm. um in this pink minibus and they have to find love amongst themselves if you like someone you're like come back to tokyo with me and if they mm. say yes you both go back to tokyo and have like an instagram relationship or whatever oh, if sure. they say no you have to go to, back to tokyo by yourself and we just get like a new guy or girl to replace you oh it's it's really fun but the reason it's really fun is also <laughs> because it is a travel show at the same time because they'll just sure. be like doing mm. drama and then it will just cut to like this little clip about so why are me, me and Marie's people so happy? And then you learn that <laughs> in Japan, being from Myanmar means you're happy. Like there was one guy on the show who was just called Myanmar because he was so happy all the time. That's so funny. That's and weird. Then, so, so when people get sent home, when yeah. they get kicked off the bus and sent back to Tokyo, um, do we see it? Like how do they get back? Are they put on like a different, like a non-love wagon or is it like a, they just put in a taxi or what? They just go to an airport. You don't see it happen. You never oh. hear from them again. <laughs> see, this is, I, I, I always thought like, um, that show, the circle, uh, on mm. Netflix. Um, I always like when I first heard the premise of it, I was like so stoked on the idea. Cause it's like, you're in this group of people and you have to like convince everybody who to like you. And if they don't like you, then you get kicked out. But everybody's in your own little like secluded room where you're not talking to anybody in real life. You're only talking on the computer. Yeah. And I always thought when somebody got kicked off, they shouldn't actually get kicked out of the house. They should just not have access to the computer anymore. <laughs> yeah. They're on like timeout. <laughs> yeah. So we can just keep checking in on them for the rest of the series, just going insane in a room alone. <laughs> they just annoyed. Yeah. They're just like, oh, they've taken a pottery. It's yeah. you know. <laughs> just bored trying to fill the time. <laughs> so one crazy thing about Ainori is what I'm reading is mm. that this show has been going on since 1999. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like everything in Japanese, they like Japanese television, they either do it once or they do it forever and it's an institution mm-hmm. now. Right. Um, and this is an institution because in the it Netflix... Looks like it, it looks like on. it hasn't happened since... Oh, oh, never mind. I guess... Well, when was the last one? 2018? Yeah, there's two se- 
there's two seasons uh, on Netflix, and I think they're the most recent. One, which is called Asian Journey, which is, you know, why are me and Marie's people so happy? Um, yeah. Which also, <laughs> I should say, just goes on to a big tirade, like infographic tirade about neoliberalism is destroying the Japanese people <laughs> and making them pissed off all the time. Mm. Interesting. Uh, that's their explanation. And like the me and Marie still live in huts or whatever, so they're fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, they don't. Oh, yeah, they have return, cities. <laughs> return to mud huts. Return to huts. Um, <laughs> but then I cannot recommend enough um, Inori Love Wagon Africa Journey because mm-hmm. there is nothing better than a bunch of single 20-year-old Japanese people have the Rwandan genocide explained to them. <laughs> and then immediate, the Japanese people, right? Yeah, and then immediately cut to like a white Belgian woman in dreads who was also in the museum with them being like, I'm from Belgium and they don't teach us any of this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just like... I'm here as the ambassador of Belgian white people I'm so fucking sorry (laughs) and then all the Japanese people are like oh (laughs) wow crazy you should stop doing that yeah Have you ever heard of the rape of Nan King? <laughs> <laughs> no, and neither of you. I've never heard of it. <laughs> no, this is a Japanese national broadcaster. Um, <laughs> then the other one that we watched was Run for the Money, which, again, another strong recommendation. They just got like 22 like C-list Japanese celebrities to run around a Dutch-themed theme park in southern Japan. I've seen that. Yeah. That I've seen that theme fun. park. Do you wear wooden shoes and, like, lederhosen and stuff? No, that you just go to, a, like, a chocolate shop that's called, like, Butter Friend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Butter Friend. Yeah, no, just other things like this. Um, while a bunch of people dressed as, like, Agent Smith run around and chase you. Uh, mm. And the Why? whole thing... <laughs> because it's, it turns out it's really good television is yeah. why um, the like the longer you last without getting caught the more prize money there is it's going up by like a hundred yen a second or something um, and they're that's there. only one dollar yeah yeah but then they do a challenge and they like change that to five uh, uh, five hundred yen a second uh-huh. and the end is like five million yen which is like 10 grand or something like 20 grand i think at the end of it or whatever like they're all talking about what are you gonna do with the money and i'm like i'm gonna buy a car uh (laughs) (laughs) it's not like a lot of money but again it's one of these shows that's been running for 20 years so they're all just honored to be there sure 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 yeah i'm Um, I'm now just looking at pictures of the japanese dutch theme park and it's like so cool (laughs) it's really nice looking i'm not really sure like what makes it a theme park in particular rather than just like a town they built well because like well because it's a theme park which is to say none of these buildings are like really up to code like they're lovely to look at but don't try to Mm -hmm. live in them oh sure sure yeah it's made of like like, go inside or anything (laughs) yeah you can go into butter friend and order some chocolate i'm sure um, but yeah, it's great because they just like, if you don't complete this challenge, we're going to introduce like 50 agents to come and chase you and they'll just constantly show a plane flying overhead and they'll like skydive in. Um, it's very over the top and it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I, I don't feel like I'm selling it enough, but it I strongly sounds like a lot it. of fun. Honestly, it's a lot of fun. It's just, a, it's just an adult game of tag. Um, right. And then, and then the only other thing I watched was Mulligan, which 
isn't very good, but it has Tina Fey in it. <laughs> and I've found out that if anything has Tina Fey in it, I will watch it. Oh, sure. Yeah. This is an American I, show? Yeah. <laughs> Japanese reality TV show starring Tina Fey. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past anybody. No, it's a, it's another one of the like very cheaply made adult animation shows that are around at the moment. Oh, God. Look at this. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It, uh, it earned oh, a lot right. of... It earned a lot of um, loudly exhaling air through my nose kind of mm. laughs. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, she's this just, looks like such shit. <laughs> 30 Rock and Mean Girls has just earned me so much goodwill with Tina Fey. That... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's like funny enough or whatever, but like just the look of this is like so atrocious. Is she, yeah. is she in it or does she... Uh... She's in it. She's like a. She's oh, I have no idea if she wrote it, Um, but she's she's a voice actor in it, and uh, it's basically uh, Independence Day, but like immediately after Independence Day, like the guy who saved the world is just some idiot from Boston, and they're just like, well, you're president now because there's like one thousand people left, Mm. and they're Mm. they're trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's. There's the Mulligan is the Mulligan on humanity, I guess is the yeah. His name is also Mulligan. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. It's all neatly connected. <laughs> um, oh, interesting. He looks well, like Patak, <laughs> who is not Irish. He's from Boston. He's, Bryn, he's a Polish. I'm from Boston. Bryn, I must know. What did you watch this week? I got two quick ones here, Jeremy, for you. Uh, two things I watched. Two things I've been wanting to check out for a little while. Out of both, out of different kinds of morbid curiosity. And the first one uh, is Megan. Um, oh, yeah. M3 Gan. M3 Gan, directed I've by Gerard. I've been meaning to watch it. It's Johnstone, on streaming platforms now. Uh, written by Akila Cooper, who also wrote Malignant, uh, which was directed by um, Mr. Mr. James Wan. Uh, this is about, it's less funny. Like, it's, it's fine. Like it's <laughs> it's it's a fun time. I was hoping that it would be malignant level funny, and it just kind of isn't. Like it, it really, what it feels a lot more like than malignant is an honest to god shitty eighties horror movie. Mm. Like that's fun, you know. Like it, it's a it functions as like a low budget eighties horror movie. Yeah, where the, everything is memorable. It moves. It's stupid in the right ways. Um. But it's not like so insane over the top as malignant that it's actually really worth recommending. It's sort of just like you could throw it in with, um, you could throw it in with Sleepover Massacre hmm. two, and it would not feel like anything has changed, you yeah. know. And I think that's kind of cool for that they're still is, making those kinds of movies. It is cool, but I I also like. I would feel very disappointed by that because I feel like my my expectations with like the people behind it was like so high that like right. I mean we 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 are big time um, we are Wan supporters here we are we are absolutely we love James Wan um, and you like Akila Cooper right um, well I liked I like Malignant I don't you like Malignant I don't know and anything what is Gerard Johnstone he did a kind of cool movie called Housebound which is like a New Zealand. Uh, horror film yeah um that's the problem isn't it (laughs) yeah it's just like it's directed by an actual horror director and it's sort of like that movie is also kind of has a bad like it's sort of hard anyway the point is is that it's not bad Mm -hmm. i mean it is bad but that's good 
but it's not as bad good as Malignant. Yeah, I know um, exactly what you're saying. <laughs> that, uh, that film kind of snuck up on me because when the ads for it started appearing online, I had just gone on holiday to Spain. So okay. I was getting the Spanish ads for it, and I was just like, oh, they just make these kind of movies in Spain still. And then I come back, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is like a film oh, everywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the thing. Th- <laughs> yeah, the thing about it is like, there was like, people were memeing about the scene where she dances. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And that, a, a good example of that scene, is of the, of the whole feeling of this movie, is like, that scene comes out of nowhere. It means nothing. And mm-hmm. like, there's no, it's not a callback to anything. Like, she doesn't learn how to dance ever before. And there's no explanation for why she dances then. And it never comes back. So it's sort of like, it's one of those things that's starting to become ever present in culture where there's just like, you know, like these sort of like distinctly noticeable sequences that are meant to be shareable, right? It's like yes. the whole point of that being there is to be somebody's meme. Like the reason why they cut, you know, they, they like people even cut the uh, subtitles in movies particular ways now so that people will be able to screen grab it right with like the one line in the one place, you know? Yes, exactly. Um, and that's why there's like trailers for trailers so they can mm-hmm. put that on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Um, and that's kind of how it felt where it was just like, this is weird. This is stupid and weird and has these moments just to be that. Um, it doesn't really necessarily feel like a complete thing. And so it feels kind of shitty, but for slightly different reasons. Um, but anyway, point is, is that it's fairly enjoyable. Nothing you need to run out and see. But if you do, if you are a big like horror aficionado of like dumb horror movies, it's worth throwing on. Um, the other thing I watched that I, I honestly didn't want to check this one out. I thought <laughs> I, I didn't know that it was going to be what it is. But I, I, I regret to inform you that I watched the 2021 film directed by Sia Music. Uh, <laughs> I saw this on your letterbox and I like I all like in the past like day and a half I've been like oh my god I can't wait <laughs> so uh Kieran if you don't know Sia the the um pop singer songwriter yeah the bitch sure. with the split hair yeah the bitch with the Cruella de Vil hair she directed a film are you this aware is- of this no. Okay, no. she directed a film, which, I, Jeremy, when me and you were talking about it, you know, I kind of thought it would just be, there's this one sort of offensive performance, mm-hmm. and then it was basically just a boring, plain, mostly musical movie. Yeah, this was what I thought as well. I, I assumed that the problem was that they cast a non-autistic actor to play this autistic person, and more to the point that they had cast this non-autistic person to play this like outrageously over the top like 90s movie you know mentally disabled she's, person. she's doing like the, she's doing like... the hands she's doing the teeth <laughs> she's doing all that stuff it like is... she's doing like the carlos mencia dtd <laughs> like it's not okay oh. no it's it's shocking and it never stops being funny through the whole movie um so but i thought that other than that it would basically just be a sort of like Tommy's, you know, the who's Tommy or something. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, this movie <laughs> is uh, 
almost two hours long and the song parts of it are maybe 25 to 30 minutes of it so there's like a full hour of movie it's like almost an hour 15 an hour and a half of movie Hmm. and that movie (laughs) is one of the most incompetent nonsensical pieces of shit i've ever seen uh looking this up it's like hard to describe because it feels it feels like uh remember how dear evan hansen felt yeah like just like this slow motion train wreck where every decision is wrong yeah uh it's like that but like then there's also this carlos mencia girl (laughs) (laughs) and then also so the the whole premise of the movie is that she's basically complete she's she's non-verbal but she also is completely autonomous she like goes out and like walks around the neighborhood and the whole neighborhood and i think i it's supposed to be in new york city um it feels and looks like new york city but i don't think they ever actually say but she just goes out and just hangs around with people (laughs) and then lives with her mom and her mom dies and then People are like, who's going to take care of music, even though she could just live in the apartment? But her obviously, name is music. Her name, the girl is named music for some yeah, reason. Sure. For no reason, actually. Hey. Um, <laughs> um, some people are just named stuff like that. It's okay. So her... her some people are named the thing I make most of the time, but this time... <laughs> yeah, she's Did named, you release an album called Movie? <laughs> she's named the medium, I do. Uh, but... Yeah, so so Kate Hudson is her sister who is allergic to clothes apparently cuz she's just wearing like a sports bra the whole oh, movie. I thought that was actually like a no, part no, of her you'd... like cuz why not? You know you're yeah, in a, no, you're in the not? movie. Fuck it. Someone's called music, someone's allergic to clothes. Fuck it. It's <laughs> what are we doing? The magic here? of the silver screen. Yeah. It's so, holly weird for you, man. So uh So um it just it, so she comes and she's got to take care of her, her sister. Her immediate thing is like, how can I donate this child to charity so I can have this apartment? Mm. <laughs> um, and then she's freaking out because she doesn't know how to get rid of the, the the her sister. And then she falls in love with her neighbor, who is Leslie Odom Jr. doing the Come Town African guy voice for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like he's supposed to be Guyanese, but he's just doing like a general like yeah, just probably African talks. voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Great. ridiculous. And then also <laughs> uh She's like selling drugs for yeah. money and then she's like forced to deliver HIV medication t- and it turns out to be him. And so they fall in love. There's literally a scene where she gets drunk and she's like, I don't care about fucking AIDS. Oh, great. Yeah. This seems <laughs> like a film like... equipped to tackle that topic. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's is not it like a film a, really like equipped a... to talk about anything. Is it like a love actually crashed sort of thing where it's like like all the different intersecting stories and stuff? No, no, no. Yeah. It's just these two people. Okay. That's it. But, it's, it's, but it seems like a lot, though. You've said a lot of things to put on two characters. Right. Well, that's the thing. Stuff, no, nothing feels like it's actually happening. It's all off screen. Like at the end, like he's not invited to his sister's wedding or something or or it's hard it's so hard to describe what happens because it's so poorly conveyed um but 
he wants to go to his sister's wedding, but like his family doesn't like care about him or something. And so at the very end of the movie, the climax of the movie where she like goes and like goes to like meet him and they kiss and like declare their love for each other is at this woman's wedding who we've never met and never seen before in this like weird VFW hall. Perfect. <laughs> uh, and, it's, and then it's just shot like they're not the focus of the movie because it's at someone else's wedding. Um, it's shocking. It's psychotic and I couldn't, I don't, I think no one should watch this movie. And a couple of bonus episodes ago, uh, someone asked if we could delete a movie from history, uh, what would it be? And we had, we didn't really know what to say. This movie shouldn't exist. Mm. It's not funny. It's not like, oh, watch it because it's funny. Like, it's... I'll it's, be honest, you're making me want to watch it. I mean, it kind of sounds insane. <laughs> it, 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 it feels like Rent plus Dear Evan Hansen and Tick, Tick, Boom, but like worse and more offensive. <laughs> I mean, this sounds really funny to me. <laughs> yeah, you should watch it, but no one else should. <laughs> I mean, I watched it because it was, it's so, it's a, it's a car crash. It's like watching a train wreck in slow motion. Mm. And if you want to do that, go for it. But I cannot recommend anyone watch. Oh, also, all of a sudden, Henry Rollins shows up for some reason. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> My man's got to eat. Yeah. Like, a good example of how insane the movie is, is um, the girl, Kate Hudson, is like, she's delivering drugs to somebody, and it turns out to be Sia. And she's like, yeah, we're ordering a bunch of uh, Percocets, to send to Africa because they don't have enough medicine. <laughs> and it's like, it doesn't seem like it's a joke. <laughs> she thinks that's what charity is. And she's like, yeah, it's like pop stars without borders. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, I'm very confused at this point. What is the tone of this film meant dead, to be? Dead serious. Okay. It's, it's like this. And the music it's, is like, is it the, like, it's like, music it, is inspiring? No, is no, no. It like, yes, it, but it's like, it's inspiring the way like a Pride Month Target ad would be. It, mm. it reminded me of like the way sure. like Old Navy ads were, where it's just yeah. like this sort of dime store uh, art house uh, set design, and then yeah. just like the dumbest costuming, and then they sing, and then it's over. But it's 19 minutes. Aren't you happy? That it's 90 minutes now? It's 110 minutes. Fuck me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an hour and 50 minutes for some reason. Christ. <laughs> I can't believe it. Don't ever watch it. It's fucking terrible. All right, Jeremy, what did you watch this week? Thank you for asking, Bryn. This week, I watched the 2003 American documentary film directed by Tony Montana and Mark Brian Smith, detailing the rise and stumble of filmmaker and musician Troy Duffy. I'm talking, of course, about <laughs> Overnight. Overnight. Yeah. Yeah. I had a feeling you would. <laughs> How is it? So I um, I had seen Boondock Saints a couple times before. We, we watched, watched it on it. a stream once. I had watched it at least once previous to that. Uh, I never really knew about like all of the story behind it. And then as I was looking at the Wikipedia for it last night, as I was trying to not pay attention to the movie as best I could, <laughs> I started reading about how troubled the production was. And then I saw there's a documentary about it. And I was like, all right, well, 
go ahead and check that out. It's crazy. I like. <laughs> I can't recommend this documentary enough. It's like one of my favorite documentaries about showbiz easily now. Like I, not only do I think this is a great companion piece to this movie, I think the the order you should watch it in is is watch Boondock Saints and then watch Overnight. Mm. Um, but I also believe that anybody getting ready to go to film school or getting ready to graduate film school, anybody trying to get into the film industry should watch this movie. Anybody trying to get into showbiz in general should watch this movie because <laughs> it is it's it's such a good it's such a good representation of like like first of all all of the different like all the different problems that can present themselves to you in show business and all the different like hangers on and all the different power players and all the different ways that like different people can make or destroy you. But it's also just like a perfect representation of just like how much not being a pain in the ass can go so far. So like basically (laughs) the story of the movie is Troy Duffy is a bartender at this shitty bar in LA. He plays in a shitty band he writes this screenplay for Boondock Saints. Somehow, he's he's just kind of like a slick talker. He's like able to just like get people to do things for him sometimes, and he's like able to to kind of like talk his way into places a lot. Hmm. Um, and somehow or another, he gets his script in front of some sort of a like a, a like an agent or something, who then gets it to a couple of producers. Uh, who all are interested all at the same time and they all kind of like they all kind of uh, bid against each other and the winner is Harvey Weinstein and Harvey oh, Weinstein yeah. uh, comes out and he's like this is my guy Troy is my guy I'm gonna like introduce him around town he's gonna be the toast of town everyone's gonna get to know him the deal that he signs to make the movie is like a signing on bonus of like 25 million dollars he gets a bonus what? Uh, he gets he gets like a budget set for the movie and his his band gets the deal to do the soundtrack for the movie. Yeah. And as like a little cherry on top, Weinstein buys the bar that he works at and says like, it's yours. You own this bar now. So if the movie <laughs> thing doesn't work out, you own a bar. You know? <laughs> what? That happened? Yes. This is all part of the initial deal before the movie's been made. <laughs> This is just for the screenplay and the rights to direct it. He's you? never directed a movie before. He's never written a movie yeah, before. Why are he has no giving, industry experience. Why are people so gaga over this guy? I don't understand. So it's, I mean, you're talking about 1997. You're in like peak, you know, Tarantino mania. You're in peak, mm. you know, yeah, uh, way of the gun. And like, yeah, but he you had know. written stuff and then also directed stuff. Yes. Before. But, but, <laughs> but it's like how like shitty pop punk bands all got like, you know, hoovered up in the in the wake of Green Day. And it's just like, you know, these, you know, once somebody made money in the 90s, there's so much money just going around that all the majors would just go around and pick up any band that sounded kind of like somebody who made money. And they'd be like, maybe one of these will work, you know? Yeah. And, and this seems to be one of those cases where they were like, hey, people loved Reservoir Dogs, people loved Pulp Fiction, you know, Way of the Gun made some money, and, and, and uh, uh, you know, like, we're, we're coming up on, on um, Lock, Sock, and Two Smoking Barrels. It's just in the air, you know, people are like, they want to see people in suits shoot people, and they want to see them curse and whatever. So he gets this crazy deal. And, like, you know, the wine scene, it's not really a lot of money, so it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, like, from the point of getting this deal... 
almost immediately everything just goes to his head right away. Of like, course. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, he's getting millions of dollars for I just no got a bar reason. For he's getting millions of dollars. He's the worst screenplays ever written. He's got this unprecedented <laughs> deal nobody's ever heard of before where he is a nobody who's going to write, direct, and make the soundtrack for yep. his own movie. Yep. <laughs> and, 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 you know, all these actors, like famous actors are all like hanging out at his bar now. Like it's just a shitty little Irish dive bar and like Patrick Swayze's hanging out there. There's like pictures of him hanging out with like Emilio Estevez and shit. What the fuck? And, and, and so immediately he's just like, well, I'm like a generational talent. Uh, nobody can get in my way. I'm going to explode onto the scene and just like, you know, starts trying to like call shots in ways that like he very obviously is not in a place to do yet hmm. where he's like on the phone, like yelling at Weinstein and being like, don't fucking talk to me like that. You don't fucking know what I'm talking about. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> and, like, he's you like, just turning down actors. He's, yeah, he's turning down actors. He's like, Ethan Hawke, that guy's a fucking homo. I don't want him in my movie yeah that's what he said and like and like within you know within months of getting this deal weinstein is just like you know what fuck it we're actually not doing this movie anymore (laughs) and he just like shelves it and so it's just like in development hell forever and like it takes him years to get it out of weinstein's hands at all and then he brings it to another production company who are like, okay, we'll produce it, but for half the budget. And then he like makes it. And while he's making it, like everybody on the movie hates him. They're all annoyed yeah. by him. Um, is the, you is know, the, the, is the Ewan McGregor story in the documentary? Um, I, I mean, you know, he, he is at least mentioned. I don't remember what the, my understanding, I mean, I'm getting too, too ahead of myself, but he was meant to be one of the two McBranis brothers originally mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Um, but he left after her having one conversation with Troy Duffy about the death penalty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, if you've watched this film, you okay, might so know that's which... Not in, that's not in the movie, but that <laughs> rules. <laughs> You might know which side Duffy might have fallen on that. Uh, well, yeah, debate. I mean, we should. We don't need to prepare Kate about the bush any longer. Yeah, uh, I mean, we can just fe- we can just move in. The, this, the point is, watch this documentary; it fucking yeah. rocks. Um, this dovetails nicely into our feature presentation, which is 1999's uh, Troy Duffy's debut feature film, <laughs> *The Boot and Dock Saints*, starring. Willem Dafoe, who is our theme for this month, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery and Norman Reedus, along with Billy Connolly at the end, who I don't know. I feel like he feels probably roped into this bullshit yeah, at this uh-huh. point. <laughs> um, he was yeah. an early sign-on, I believe, like during the Weinstein era of sure, this Sure, when it was like, oh, it's going to be like a big, fun romp. Yeah, and I think he just kind of got stuck with it. And I think Dafoe <laughs> might have been similar. Sure. Uh, Sean Patrick Flannery and Norman Reedus are exactly at the level of this movie mm. well norman reedus hadn't really been in anything before right like yeah, he's just some guy so. <laughs> uh let's see his biggest movie was mimic in 1997 uh which i don't think he's like a bit part in that movie uh oh and he had just been in eight millimeter the the sort of joel schumacher's sort of like seven ripoff um which he's also a bit part in that um so yeah he hadn't really been in much not even Blade 2 had come out yet. <laughs> I want to say, though, that the two of them do actually capture what Irish guys in the 90s looked like. Mm. Um, they're, they're very good at that. Um, but this film also doesn't... 
looked like? Like physically or the yeah. way they dressed? Or physically, whatever? yeah, kind of the way they dressed as well, but just kind of like that short haircut that's been kind of spiked up, a little bit of shadow. For sure. Having that kind of like smoker's thin body. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the, the the smoker thin body, the kind of like the way that they like hunch when they like get up out of the bed in particular. I'm like, yeah. oh, I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah. No, this guy is asking me for a smoke outside of a pub. Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. Uh, so this movie is not really about anything. It's about two uh, b- twin brothers who um, they hear about a girl who got killed by she just got killed or whatever. Not just any girl. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> they hear oh, about oh, the is... famous case of Kitty Genovese, a story that was famously juiced up by the press and did not actually happen the way that they said it did. This is real? Yes. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yes. Fuck. It is the It is the famous story on which, you know, the bystander syndrome is based, right? Right. Where people say, like, you know, people don't want to be the one to, or they assume somebody else is calling or whatever, and, like, completely fabricated there were several people trying to help there were several people calling for help it's just some bullshit that a new york tabloid made up right it also uh was sort of responsible for starting uh 911 which didn't mm-hmm. exist at the time uh a lot of the real criminals as you would might have expect was uh the police <laughs> who didn't really respond to things that quickly back then uh, especially when it was in poor neighborhoods and no one cared. Uh, so yes, it's not just anything they mentioned. Ki- what is her name? Kitty Genovese. Yeah, Kitty Genovese. Genovese. Uh, so and they're like, "Damn, isn't it crazy how like the media tells us about these horrible things that happen and then nothing changes? Wouldn't it be good if we just killed people?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're not. They're just like random guys, but they're also apparently superhumanly good at. At shooting, people. yeah. Mm. I, so that's kind of something I thought was interesting was that they they I always remember this as being they are hitmen at the beginning of the movie, but they're no. not. They're just no. random dudes in they're, Boston. <laughs> they're just random dudes, and they're like, uh, "What if we just kill some people?" Um, I think it starts because uh, they they find guns after they <laughs> kill the guy. <laughs> Yeah, it starts because they, they, they get into a fist fight with people who are bad people. Uh, don't ever interrogate who is bad and who isn't. The movie knows who it is. Troy knows who it is. Just well, refer to they, Troy. They are all mobsters. Like, the movie has just decided that the gangsters, uh, mobsters, Russian mafia, yeah. whatever, they're no. all bad. Well, no, also going to, a, going to a strip club, that's bad. <laughs> No, well, that's that, right. Yeah, they they never really explain who those guys are who get shot in that in that booth. We're just meant to assume they looked through the people and we're like, bad guy back there. <laughs> yeah, no. Willem Dafoe, I, I think, literally says in his little recap, like, oh no, he was a big guy. These are just street scum. Well, mm-hmm. those are actually. Isn't that the one Rocco kills? Where he like? Yes. Does, I feel mm-hmm. like Rocco is at least. I'm not trying to stand up for this movie because I fucking hate it, <laughs> but. <laughs> I generally consider this one of the worst movies ever made. Oh, yeah. But I think at least Rocco is supposed to be the sort of like less principled one who's just sort of killing for fun. Yeah. Um, but so, I love so just speaking of that scene in particular where they're in the in the booth and they shoot the guy and then they, and then they let Rocco shoot the other two guys. I love how like so they do the same formula over and over and over again where they set up the concept and then they either show you it happening and then have Willem Dafoe explain it to the cops 
or they have Willem Dafoe explain it to the cops and then show it to you. It's one yeah. or the other. Mm. And in this one, I just love so much how Dafoe is like, now this is weird because you have the bullets from gun one in guy one and bullets <laughs> from gun two in guy two. But then you have bullets from gun one in the wall behind guy two. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, and he's like, how does that happen? And you're like, what do you mean, how does that happen? <laughs> Switch hands. You turn around. He crosses his hands. He's he shooting one and then yeah. shooting the other. All kinds of permutations anyone could imagine within seconds of thinking about Right. It. So the structure of this movie is that they start killing guys in, in the mob, mostly in the Russian mafia. And then the movie is told through Willem Dafoe reenacting the cases, not reenacting, but explaining what happened because of to his the like dumbass local cops, right? But yeah. through through like Sherlock level forensic genius, mm-hmm. where he is just like looking at the scene and being like, "I can recreate the moves of everybody here," which is such fucking nonsense, and it also never fucking helps. Like <laughs> the point of. The point of doing research on a scene like that is to find out who did it, not like how their arm moves. Yeah. Who gives a shit? (laughs) It could, I guess, be helpful if you were to say, like, use that information, like, to figure out what kind of gun it is. So then you could go to a gun store and be like, who in the area bought this kind of gun recently? Or, like, (laughs) you know, trace out, like, the direction it came from and be like, up there, that's where he hid from. And then go up there and you find, like, a little bit of his shirt and you like use that to find him. Yeah, Anything. but there's no actual like investigation. <laughs> it doesn't or... matter. They just like, they're constantly just like with their thumb up their ass, just like, all right, well, we figured out how he shot the guys. I guess <laughs> what now? <laughs> he doesn't have any clue who they are. They don't do any sort of detective work on like looking for anybody. They just like keep going from play because the point is literally just to think of because Troy Duffy even said, he's like, I thought up the beginning mm-hmm. and then I was like, what if, what's a bunch of cool shit in the middle? And then yeah. the end just kind of came together. So it's like, he literally was just like, what kind of cool action sequences can I do? And yeah. then was like, just did the same thing over and over again I until we get the, to the, the end. The exact quote is, is at the end, he says, and then the end just kind of was what it had to be. <laughs> like he just says like, I wrote myself into a corner and that's yeah. what the end had to be. <laughs> Billy Connolly was getting mad that he didn't have enough lines <laughs> something. <laughs> Why would you want more lines from this dumbass? <laughs> from, uh, from, the, the, from, the, from the goofy... I cannot stress enough how much of a fucking whiplash it is trying to see Billy Connolly do a serious role. The man uh-huh. is like a clown. He's like he's a goofy, funny person. That's his mm-hmm. whole thing. But him doing like, I'm scary. I'm, I'm the Irish Joker. <laughs> yeah, so, what's, <laughs> so what's his deal in real life? He's a comedian, but like what kind of comedian is he? Like... Um, he's like a he's like a pretty like progressive liberal guy. Like, sure, yeah. He's, he's a. I, I'm surprised he's even in this movie because the the shit I've seen of his stand up is like sort of like even more woke George Carlin. Is how I've I've okay, but he's I've like a, he's like a truth teller. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that, that's kind of new, but like like. Okay, so in the ninth, the reason I know he's in this movie because in the nineties he just wasn't nearly as big. I think his heyday was like the two thousands, mm-hmm. um, and yep. then like twenty ten onwards, it's just kind of like the people who liked him in the two thousands. He's not getting new audience, I don't think. He's just mm-hmm. getting like the audience he already has just has more money. So, um, mm-hmm. 
he's very, very gentle. His humor is very gentle. I think a lot of the times compared to like the rest of British comedy. Sure. It's quite safe and sweet and very performative and very expressive. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why like him just doing the like fucking Kubrick stare through like <laughs> a bird cage is very strange because he's usually just all like happy, smiley, pan- like pantomime almost with his mm-hmm. expressions. Like, like big act yeah, outs yeah. and shit. Yeah, like you, you, like when he does stand up, you should be able to see the expression he's making of the face from the back of the auditorium oh, he's sure, performing sure, sure, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. He also does like music stuff. Like he plays yes. like banjo and guitar, right? Sometimes. That's hilarious. I mean, I guess like in some ways it does feel a little comedic like his first big moment at the shootout when he like opens his jacket and he's got like this like goofy like like caterpillar configuration of like guns along his chest yeah yeah <laughs> it just makes me think like he's gonna be like what is his name in in star wars um general, general Grievous. Grievous. <laughs> yeah have, like multiple <laughs> he's gonna take them all out at once yeah the italian's ultimate hit the italian mafia's ultimate hitman is a guy with four arms i mean goro would be a great hitman i have to say Absolutely. that would rock they should give goro guns Give Goro submachine guns. I'm going to so, Google it. They must ha- exist. Hashtag GGG, give Goro guns. <laughs> give Goro guns. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> so oh, my yeah, somebody did a really shitty drawing. <laughs> Just to fuck with Dan Savage. <laughs> Start making bumper stickers that say GGG, give Goro guns. <laughs> <laughs> Sign my change.org petition now to give yeah. Goro guns. Wow, there's a restaurant called Goro Plus Gun. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does it mean? Where is it? <laughs> okay, before we get canceled, is Goro some sort of like lost like South American culture that we should know about? <laughs> Where is this place? It's not on the website. It's in Canada. <laughs> oh, it's Scotia in, it's in Center. Scotia Center. Calgary. You've heard of Nova Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> now hear about the OG Scotia. Yeah, Scotia. Um, anyways. So <laughs> Where Billy Connolly is from. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so this movie. Oh, yeah. So so at a certain point um, after they just do a bunch of violence and kill a bunch of mob people, um, Willem Dafoe's character, an FBI guy who is the only representative of the FBI and also a detective, I guess, uh, who's also uh, gay for some reason. Yeah. Uh, just to sort of make <laughs> gay jokes, I think. I'll and- tell you what. Before <laughs> before the reveal, they do like a reveal where like he's right. in bed with a guy and it's the only time it really ever comes up. Um, uh, before the reveal, there was like a couple scenes with him where I'm like, I kept watching and I'm like, man... Defoe is like really playing this pretty big. Like, yeah. Pretty, pretty, uh, like, I don't know how to, like, I was kind of like saying to myself, like, like, I wonder if like he was trying to make this character gay or something. And then like they do the reveal. I'm like, oh, he is supposed to be gay. Well, yeah. you forgot. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it since the one time we watched it. That was it like and... two years ago. <laughs> so the... uh, it was on Twitch. So anyway, uh, yeah, that, I remember that very specifically from when we were young. Um, from when I was young, excuse me. Uh, I didn't well, know we were you all young. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't know you. Um, so at a certain point, Willem Dafoe's character decides that he believes that they're doing the right thing and doesn't yeah. want to stop them. 
Um, and and so, for no reason, scene. really. <laughs> for no yeah, reason. Classic, classic priest confession scene. Yeah. Yes, which f- involves the the Boondock Saints, the two guys. For some reason, where they're putting a gun to the preacher's head, but that's unclear why that's Priest. happening. It's cool. Whatever. It's uh, cool. <laughs> they're Catholic. It's important. <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah. <laughs> no, nothing. No, there is nothing Catholic about this. Did you know <laughs> Troy Duffy is a Jehovah's Witness? That uh, is not surprising <laughs> to me. And he's from Connecticut. Uh, <laughs> All of this film is a fucking sham. The first scene where they walk out before the priest is done is that like, you can't do that. That's not what Catholicism is. And what are they doing? They're like they're behind the they're behind. They the walk altar. behind. They kiss Jesus's feet. That's nothing. Never seen uh, anybody do that before. Leaves. So you're leaves Catholic, before- Huron. I, I'm, I'm from Ireland. Like, I don't believe in God or whatever, but yeah, fuck Rangers. I'm Catholic. Um, like, it's. Um, no, it's stupid. Like the the. Okay, so I was shown this movie uh, uh, by Cor- one of Cornish Beatty's original hosts, who's now moved on to do like organizing kind of stuff full time. God bless him. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and he's from Massachusetts, and he's like, "Kieran, this is your culture. You have to see this." And I'm like, "I hate this." This, this is a very similar similar <laughs> thinking to why I I invited you on today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm so angry. Um, <laughs> but like. But one of the things that he rightly pointed out um, is that, like, Catholicism in the United States doesn't really exist, and this is the like this is a great example of it because it's a bunch of people doing whatever they fuck they want and thinking they're right, and that's not Catholicism. Catholicism is fuck you. Listen to the priest. He's got a phone line to the Pope. Pope's in charge. He's God's. Mm-hmm. You're not meant to question any of this. You leave when mass is over. You don't leave earlier. You don't like go on jihad. Like it's. I, so I will I will contend that um, I disagree with your your former co-host uh, in that I do think that that form of Catholicism does extremely exist in, in the United States because I definitely grew up with that form of sure, Catholicism. Yeah. Uh, what I would say though, however, is that learning learning that uh, Troy Duffy is Jehovah's Witness um, makes so much more sense now yeah. because I always thought that the thing that's interesting in this movie is that the depiction of Catholicism in this is very similar to the depiction of Catholicism in anime. Yes, where like 100%. It has this sort of like badassness <laughs> yeah. to it that you're like, this ain't it, but you know what? Like if this was it, It'd I'd be cool, be cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> like I wouldn't be I wouldn't mind if we kissed Jesus's feet, you know. Yeah, no, it's 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 100% it's a cool like cool image. <laughs> it's 100% hell saying of like Dracula's been hired by the Vatican to like slay lesser vampires. Yeah. Every nun <laughs> is incredibly well endowed. Could you imagine nature. how fucking crazy this movie would be if Troy Duffy had seen Trigun and had seen the guy with like the big cross that he carries around that like holds yeah. guns inside it and shit? <laughs> I mean, a lot of this film is like an anime, especially like more modern animes now, because a real, like, a thing a lot of new animes are doing now is they'll have protagonists who have no flaws and everything they do is really cool and everyone likes that they're doing mm-hmm. it. Yes. Yeah. Um, because I think my favorite part of this film is that whenever they cut to the newscaster, being like, three guys were murdered and we asked the public and they thought it was based. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because the whole point of this movie is just that somebody should deal with all of these riffraff uh, hooligans who are making our streets unsafe yeah. for yeah. our white women. Well, um, so this is interesting too that you bring up whiteness because it, it, I think setting it in Boston is like such a key move to the like long-term 
acceptability of any part of this movie because, <laughs> because I think if Troy Duffy got his way and said it like anywhere else probably like it would have been just like it would have been all black people that they were killing right that like, that was um but that film kind of exists though doesn't it what's that what's that one where the guy starts going around killing everyone but it's like in LA falling, falling, down. falling down yeah yeah so like the first movie we watched for this show the there you go. That's one. how I learned about this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least that one kind of has some sort of winking towards like they know it's about like an aggrieved guy who's a nerd and mm-hmm. thinks he deserves his own pl- his mm. some place in the world. This movie is clearly very obviously and specifically every single choice in this movie is made by the dumbest guy you know in <laughs> high school. Yeah. And it, the choice is, what is the coolest thing the dumbest guy you know in high school thinks? So I yeah. I watched this film for the first time in 2020. Um, f- as to, to play my Irish card here, this is not a thing in Ireland. People in Ireland do not watch this film, barely know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also, just before we got on the call, I watched some like Irish reaction channels and some of them have, some have big, done big genre on YouTube. A lot of Irish reacts. Everything reacts is a big genre. You can find I like, it all. I like when they but make the Irish, Irish people kings try of it. <laughs> I like when they try to make Irish people say purple burglar alarm. <laughs> Why? Hang on. Pur- purple burglar alarm. What's what's hang on. <laughs> what am I saying? Oh, no. very, you put a very, you got a lot of R in there. <laughs> purple burglar alarm. I, I, I'm saying, oh, you know what? No, but you sound it's, like you're trying to sound American the way that you do your R. It is Scottish people, uh, not uh, Irish people. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, no. No, I'm we're, being we're racist. Yeah. Different people. Uh, <laughs> different, different people. Um, yeah, Limmy from Twitch can't say it. It's very funny. Ah, uh, right. Um, no, yeah, so I, I watched some reaction things, and they're just, like, reacting to Boondock Saints. So like, yeah, no, never heard the, of this film before. No, whatever. Um, what, what, was my, what was my wider point? Um, <laughs> shit, I've heard, completely no, Irish people don't watch it. Irish They've people never don't heard watch of it. it. They never heard of it. You watched it for the first time in 2020. Oh, watched it first time in 2020, and upon finishing the film, I finally understood the character uh, Mac from Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. Um, oh like, yeah oh, it's a guy who watched this movie a bunch yes, yes. <laughs> and i was like oh this is a type of guy and like this that's the parody of that type of guy and like yes. this is the film he would make it's an extremely american type of movie of like i think there's a weird thing in the 90s of a guy who like knows that american culture is trash but is also very wrapped up in whiteness mm-hmm. and so they like think european people are cool also what's really funny this movie has like a very clear reverence for tarantino and like wants to make it his own look that's cool so he just bought ill-fitting like pea coats from banana republic and they're like this is cool (laughs) wear this and blue jeans and that's like the new suits yeah <laughs> we finally well, got just, it. Like, get them suits for some too. reason it's not even clear where they came from they look exact they're dressed exactly the same and they look like morons like <laughs> <laughs> they look like high schoolers trying to look like wound i don't know where this is coming from this is the high schoolers trying to get into a, um, a club the cards right like it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i'm looking very business like today um but yeah, Bryn, it's it's interesting that you bring it up that it's like it's like the the American Irish guy like uh stereotype. Like the 
the, the, the type of guy that we're talking about, the American Irish guy, is somebody who realizes that American culture is trash, is tied to whiteness, wants to create some sort of an identity that is a little bit of like a little bit not American, but still white and like has some sort of otherness from America. It's it's something you see a lot in Italian American communities as well, especially here in St. Louis. Um, it's a particularly uh, political and pointed thing here. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But I'm curious, like Kieran, like I think y- you might be the first person I ever heard talk about this in particular, like the way that like white American Irish people's like Irish identity, like kind of undercuts efforts in Ireland to actually like, like create a broader Irishness that is actually multiracial. Yeah. 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 So this is like, this is the, this is the super thing of like Irish American ism as like code for white people because, um, 1800s i don't i don't we were all fucking um like when we came over to america like there's like no but like you will encounter black americans who are like yeah i have irish ancestry as mm-hmm. well i was like why aren't yeah. they irish american too i was like nah boston dunkin donuts whatever um so yeah there's things like that and then the weird kind of obsession with like this film's very good at it's set in the 90s but the Irish in Boston still act like it's the 1860s. Mm-hmm. Like we're oppressed. We don't call the cops in the same way that like any oppressed minority probably wouldn't call the cops. Right. Like Italians. Yeah. So they're like, we're, we're not, <laughs> there's Italian racism. Yeah. Um, they, the like, the, okay. The, there's like the hovel they fucking live in the, like the, the, the barracks, weird, showers, yeah, whatever, the, wherever it is that they live, this like bathroom, yeah, <laughs> this bathroom with two cots in it. They live in the fucking the set of the first Saw movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, Saw movie really gentrified that neighborhood. It's like, oh, it's this is the place from Saw. Do you want to live here? Um, Jigsaw goes like, oh, I'll take this. This place looks like a good place for a murder game. Yeah. Um, so there's that. There's like, okay, there's. Irish accents is also the big one that I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very good, uh, I think, late season or late series joke from Bojack Horseman where they have like an Italian chef in LA with like, like Mamma Mia Italian accent. He's like, that doesn't really happen. He's just like, I am an Italian in America. It doesn't really happen anymore. And it's like, it's true because Italians all move to Germany now. Like they don't come to America. They haven't come to America since like the 1930s. Um <laughs> So you don't. Why have, would they? <laughs> exactly, and it's the same for like Irish people. Like you don't have second or first generation Irish Americans on mass anymore. Like why mm-hmm. don't these people have Boston accents? Um, and I was looking. I read the script before uh, um, joining you today. The like why? written out original <laughs> script because oh boy, is there stuff in there? Well, okay. So it was mainly um, in the interrogation scene where they speak multiple languages, mm. um, which I never ha- comes up again. <laughs> never comes up again. Um, I know enough German and Russian to know that they're fucking up both of those mm-hmm. uh, when they speak it. And <laughs> and they do speak Irish at some point too, don't they? The first line they speak in another language, it's never stated in the text of the film that it's Irish. And in the script, it's meant to be Latin. Oh, in uh, the subtitles, in, in the version I watched, it said speaking Gaelic. Ooh, Irish. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but like wait is is irish a language yes yeah a, a very very different language um not mutually intelligible with english at all um and i was i replayed that line and that scene over and over i used the 0.5 speed for the first time ever <laughs> uh, to try and discern because they're also whispering it so i have a really hard time right and i it sounds like gibberish and i had the like google translate of the line in latin up as well being like are they saying this um <laughs> it's it doesn't sound like it's correct at all um and doesn't, i can't you're saying it doesn't sound like anything it doesn't it sounds like it it sounds like the, the conclusion i came to is it sounds like someone told them the irish for this line once and they had to repeat <laughs> it <laughs> they had to do like 20 takes of the scene and by the end of it they're just saying like stuff that kind of sounds like it might kind of be irish yeah because like the first word the first line is what and he does say like a k sound at the beginning which is correct that's like mm-hmm. the the most it gets but oh man yeah i just i don't know who these people are meant to be um yeah because and and, and it's yeah. interesting for how little bearing it actually has on the movie that they are irish like you could have just made them boston irish you know well, these yeah, guys but- aren't irish the actors aren't irish you know like so why not just be like and the the film is confused about that because it uses irish like americans do to be fair uses irish and irish american interchangeably mm-hmm. uh, but then it will have people with boston accents being referred to irish and people with like dublin accents being referred to as irish yeah right because it has to be something that a white guy from connecticut an american white guy from connecticut (laughs) can claim right it's like me and these guys who are literally from ireland and talk like that that's the same because i have you know my grandfather was from there or whatever we are we are one people it's all about blood that changes nothing you could put (laughs) us in the middle of antarctica we'd be all the same right it's just (laughs) dumb guy nazism yeah like it literally is like volkism for for the dumbest like kids who grew up in the mall (laughs) would it would it surprise you to learn Bryn, that that speed the like monologue that defoe gives to the priest in the confession box has been sampled in a lot of nazi metal and punk bands from germany (laughs) actually no (laughs) it wouldn't surprise me at all no right uh it's the germans watch it is what you're saying no not really i mean german nazis do yeah yeah the the Okay, so peep behind the curtain. The first bonus Corner Spady episode we ever did on Patreon was my co-hosts exposing me to this. And mm-hmm. we had... Oh, this movie. Yeah. And we had uh, um, German friends on, and we were like, what is the German equivalent to this movie? And they were all pretty much universally Inglorious Bastards. Um, <laughs> that is the film that is like, the this type of guy in Germany loves Inglorious Bastards. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But isn't that a not like anti-Nazi movie? Or do they like yeah, it? Yeah, but it's, it's it's one, but where like the Nazi guy is kind of like cool and cunning and conniving. Sure, um, interesting. And also like Germans, like a lot of German fascists or like conservatives who aren't willing to call themselves fascists really like to exit like uh, uh, um, enact violence through bureaucracy and words and debate and laws rather than like, I feel like what is the more American drive of get guns and sort it out yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> kind of like don't right. want to get your hands dirty kind of version of things. 
it's it's weird. Better people have probably written about it than I could ever summarize. Um, but yeah, this. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting all over the place because this fucking film. <laughs> well let's let's um let's let's rein ourselves back in a little bit towards hmm. the uh towards the text let's talk about some other just funny stupid bullshit that's in this movie like just on like a just on a regular filmmaking level like not even ideologically like just like how many different fades to black there are yeah. all over the movie it's constantly doing fade to black between stuff because he doesn't know what else to do to get between scenes um, there's a Kills. scene that I didn't remember was in it that absolutely blew my mind when it happened, which is yeah. um, after the big shootout uh, with uh, Billy Connolly, uh, when Rocco gets his finger blown off. Um, yeah. Willem Dafoe is going around looking for evidence and he finds Rocco's finger and for whatever reason hides it from everybody and he like skulks away to like secretly test it not sure why he doesn't have any reason to like you know think anybody's <laughs> you know um you know messing with the investigation everybody brings it away to go test it and the way that he tests the dna sample <laughs> from the blood is he just like takes the finger and he <laughs> smears the blood on a piece of paper and then puts the piece of paper into a regular fucking computer scanner <laughs> yeah yeah <absolutely laughs> the kind right. you would have used to, to scan your pencil drawing of goku to then ink in photoshop <laughs> yeah. and then that brings up his fingerprint and his mugshot <laughs> yeah well that's why he like okay because that's this is the dumb guy thing coming back because like the cops dude dude Trust me, the cops can totally do that. If they just get one of your fingers, they yeah. have your address immediately. That's why he has to hide yeah, the finger. They, they just need the blood, actually. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> God, I feel like just the just your mentioning of the scan picture of Goku, I feel like just out of frame and every one of these shots is just cool pictures of Goku, Dro- Troy Duffy Drew. Absolutely, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a fucking the Irish Russian, Goku. <laughs> it's just Goku, but there's a laxa mark over the U. Um, uh, Googling Irish Goku. <laughs> oh, that sucks. It's the fighting Irish, uh, the uh, Notre Dame fighting Irish guy, but it's Goku. No, that makes that's, sense. That's, that's it. Does awesome. make sense? I don't care for it. No, um, <laughs> I don't care for that. While I'm going through the other like dumb guy things in this film, um, the Russian mobster having um, a deagle with the uh, hammer and sickle on it. Oh yeah, uh-huh. that's just fucking like on the barrel of the gun. So stupid. It's <laughs> a really made gun with the. I love that the Italian mob boss doesn't sound even remotely Italian. No, no. <laughs> he sounds like he's like he also sounds Russian. Honestly, <laughs> he doesn't sound even a little bit Italian. And that that guy's the mobster Russian is terrible. That's like, and his name is Yakovetta, which is like the Italian even... mob family name being Yakovetta. Yeah, Yakovetta yeah, the... is hilarious. <laughs> Again, like. This is this is why this film feels like an anime to me as well because it's just like you have to imagine the anime opening of like it's the year 2030 <laughs> the yakuza and the vendetta family have merged together to make the yakuvetta yeah, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> the uh, most powerful criminal must be stopped by but two his irish first name would be like spaghetti <laughs> it'd be spaghetti yakuvetta <laughs> he'd always wear sunglasses yeah absolutely absolutely 
Spaghetti Yakavetta, Godfather the Third. Yeah. yeah. This is my boy, ravioli, things of this nature. And pizza, pizza Yakavetta. Yeah, uh, the movie's fucking stupid and fascist is oh, the point of this? the movie. How about the, the fucking, the, the, the climax of the movie where, uh, where Willem Dafoe finally joins their side involves him doing a Bugs Bunny style drag caper. Yeah, it's, it's just, they just like, shit. don't know what to do anymore, so they just put Willem Dafoe in a dress, and he does like a, oh, you-hoo, boys. <laughs> okay. It doesn't make any sense. Why does he do this? Like, what is the point of doing that? He Why does he want to get the in there? For uh, what? To, to, to... Yeah. There's <laughs> no reason he's even no, there. No. No. But hang on, I want I want you to know this thing because I also have a funny feeling that this didn't come up in the documentary that you watched because if it did, you would have said it immediately. <laughs> um, Troy Duffy has a story of um, a friend of his watching this film and then immediately after seeing it coming out as gay. That <laughs> <laughs> the film got him out of the closet. Just seeing just seeing a badass gay guy in a movie. Yeah, a Happy Pride. Like, wow, you know what? Like. <laughs> You can be you can be gay and also be a cool FBI a cool, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Basically you could be like Batman. Yeah. You can, gay. <laughs> you can be a savant who listens to classical music while solving like the hardest cases in America and then also simultaneously be impressed by someone who speaks four languages. <laughs> <laughs> so impressed who's so wow. impressed four whole languages four whole languages anyway i feel like i could talk for another hour about how much i fucking hate this movie i literally think that it is uh it's really up the, there it's one of the so, worst so, movies I've ever seen probably. it's one of the worst <laughs> movies ever made not because it's like you know it's not like the movie uh what is that movie called things uh it's not like so the problem is is that it's kind of competent like mm. Troy mm. Duffy is very stupid, but he has like one interesting idea and like, or he's stealing interesting ideas, right? Yeah, like sure. he, he saw a Tarantino movie and he was like, what's cool and good is to like show things in interesting orders so that you, this very stupid story I'm telling seems more interesting because you're, you're doled out the information in a different way. But, and he, I will say, like, the camera work is competent. Like, he's yeah. he's covering his scenes mostly. Yeah, <laughs> there's not but it's too also, many, like, like there's, dumb... There, but there's not really a lot of, like... Uh, there's not really a lot of diversity in the shots, either. Like, it's always no. just, like, guy talking in the middle, you know. No, uh, this is what I'm saying. The interesting he thing that he does sometimes... He only knows how to steal from, like, a couple sources. <laughs> mm-hmm. The interesting thing that'll happen sometimes is like uh, I was thinking of in the in the strip club where they like have the two of them like walk out of that door and then they do the fade to black and they fade back in and it's the same shot of the door that now Willem Dafoe is walking out of and you're like okay yeah. all right you probably stole that from somebody but I don't know who you the know? fade to the fade to black always made it feel like this was a video game cutscene every time it fade to black I was just like searching for the controller I was like oh this is this is <laughs> okay. I have to start playing again. <laughs> I'm going to shoot at shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it's, 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 it's very poorly conceived. And it, I think the fact that it's not so bad that you can laugh at it makes it worse. Mm. Like it, it, there are movies that are f- worse 
and are made better because it's funny. It's not the room level, but it's just every every single concept it has is evil <laughs> and bad <laughs> yep. and not cool. And uh, it's boring and shitty and I hate it so much. Yeah. Never watch this movie. I don't recommend it even as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, okay, see his music. It's funny. It's funny. It's a little funny to watch. I don't recommend it, but like I can imagine knowing a few people who I would know would enjoy it. And probably the viewers of this or the listeners of this show would probably get a kick out of some of the scenes. This movie is so fucking stupid and bad and can only have done harm. I, I it's just I hate it so much. I'm I'm so curious though because like <laughs> how how many people listening to this right now have probably already just seen it once? Like maybe mm-hmm. years ago or something, but like Yes. Yeah. Like this it, is an it's been around. Yeah. It's it and 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 there's a lot of people I feel who have seen this movie once in the past and remember it more fondly than they should. There's also people like my wife who has never seen it before. I told her last night, I was like, you know, usually I'll invite her to watch a movie with me uh, if if I'm going to watch a movie for the show. The, and, and if I don't think she's going to like it, I'll tell her I don't think you're going to like it. Um, and, and in this case, I said, I don't think you're going to like it. And she's like, what are you watching? And I said, The Boondock Saints. And she said, isn't that supposed to be good? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it really does get lumped in with like, you know, movies that I don't think are incredible, but like Fight Club 7, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a, Pulp a Fiction. fun action film. Well, what I told her is it's a you it, it has very good name rack. That's its yeah. biggest trait is it has very good name recognition because you know it from dorm room posters. That's where you know it from. <laughs> you've seen it. You've seen it in a guy's dorm room before. That's hmm. why you know the name of it, and that's why you think it might be a good movie. So I think for for people who have seen this movie before but remember it fondly but haven't seen it in a long time, or people who like kind of vaguely think it might be a good movie, I actually do think it's worth a watch, and I would give it a recommend because I do think dispelling but, yourself of that is important. <laughs> I just think don't that watch is. it. It no, sucks. Because, well, but here's the thing is you are reducing harm to the world because you... Yeah. Uh-huh. are not going to go and tell people ever again that The Boondock Saints is a good movie because you may be making them watch it. You know, if you watch it now, you're saving yourself from telling five more people throughout the course of the rest of your life that The Boondock <laughs> Saints is a good movie. You're saving five people from watching it. Mm. Yeah. It's about sacrifice. It's about it's, sacrifice. It's yeah. like The for Ring the, for, by for society, you know, yeah. like sometimes sometimes you know you you get a mission from God and yeah. you have to make a sacrifice. You have to break one of the Ten Commandments, but it's for the better good because they were Italian. Yes. Which is a wrong type of Catholic, apparently. <laughs> They're hot Catholics. It's They're the wrong hot kind. Catholics. We're cold Catholics. We're a bit more serious about things, and our food is terrible. <laughs> and Kiran, do you recommend or don't not recommend? Um, I'm going to have to go with recommend in terms of morbid curiosity. I hate this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you have to, okay, so there's a there's a phenomenon that you have to deal with um if you're like British or Irish. If you're watching like American TV in its original language, which is Americans make a bunch of reference to things in their TV shows that aren't just sure. not as successful elsewhere in the world. Um, so it's just like, I don't think this movie is that popular. Like I, I don't, I, you have to be like a kind of film nerd 
weirdo to even have heard about this movie especially and like our age too like mm. i don't think there's 20 year olds who are like seeing family guy and being like oh they're always <laughs> talking about boondock saints or whatever <laughs> no one cares about this piece of shit i <laughs> <laughs> I I I I, I kind of have to push back on that because I had heard the name Boondock Saints before, sure. just for it being name dropped constantly. Um, oh yeah, I mean you I, listen to this show though. Yeah, I don't I don't have <laughs> that's true. I don't have the dorm poster like like background because that's just like not a dorm poster you have here. I have the classic ones of like Scarface and stuff, but like not sure. this. Um, <laughs> I okay before I saw this film, like if you asked me in let's say 2017, what's the Boondock Saints about? I thought the protagonists were black. Um, I don't okay. know why You're that is. Of like, the Boondocks. Yeah, the I'm thinking mo- of the, the Boondocks. Are probably show, thinking the, of the Boondocks. <laughs> And the New um, Orleans Saints. <laughs> Absolutely. That thing you just said, New Orleans, that's a French city. That's American uh, <laughs> handball. Um, so, yeah, like, I kind of recommend it out of a morbid curiosity because it's just, it was just so fascinating to see one of the things that the great, like, Atlantic filter, the quality filter of, like, right. w- yeah, that, like, blocked Europeans from seeing. Uh, although this film was big in Japan. Um, how big Oh, the, from the same people who wrote season 2 of Death Note where killing all the bad guys has actually worked and the world is better now yeah of course <laughs> yeah, this yeah. film has been like a big hit in Japan um, yeah so uh, yeah I recommend it out of morbid curiosity put it on a second screen have something to do on your phone get ready mm-hmm. to watch a, an Irish arms dealer who's wearing a flat cap um <laughs> That's a thing that's in this film that makes me laugh. We got our guns from the Libyans. What are you talking about? There's not an Irish arms dealer. <laughs> You're paying a huge markup if you are buying from an Irish yeah, arms dealer. Second hand from Gaddafi. And I'm like, come on. Yeah. So just know if you do watch this movie and you've never seen it, that it's it's basically an early like f- fascist propaganda film. Yeah. Um, the script is worse. That that it's, scene in the beginning with the feminist goes you. on for four pages. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That like thing where it's just like a big lady who's just like, I'm mad about things for some reason. I'm gonna kick you in the nuts to give yeah. you an excuse to punch me in the face. The, uh, that happens yeah. for like a second. I completely forgot about that. I'm You're a working feminist. in a meat factory, right? That Me. would have been a Something. five minute long scene if it was done as written. Wow. Christ. I, this is what I'm saying. I can't believe anybody. I mean, I guess. Well, what standard am I holding Harvey Weinstein to? But anyway. Well, you know <laughs> so, what? Like, shouts out to Harvey. He washed his hands of this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you got to hand it to him you for doing one gotta thing. You got to hand it right. to Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> he knows a piece of shit when he sees one. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be adding that to the, the, the rare W's column for Harvey Weinstein. Won't be looking, won't be looking sing- at the L's column today. Uh. Sing- single tick mark. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, well, that's, a, that's our first uh, feature film for Defoe Month. I also saw a funny um, a, a video of him as a kid saying it, William Defoe. Mm. Uh, and which he he explained later that he just didn't like the way that sounded, uh, and some of his family said it Defoe, so he changed it. Um, so it's Defoe month, uh, which for some reason also kind of resembles movies that annoying men make you watch <laughs> when you're a kid. <laughs> uh, 
some of them I like, some of them I don't like. But next week will be, I believe, Antichrist. That's by right. Lars von Trier, another fascist. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, right. Next week we're going to watch one of probably one of the most memorably bad movies I've ever seen. Oh, you don't like Antichrist? No. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, I actually, well, we'll see what I think about it when I watch it this time. <laughs> I thought it was fairly interesting that last time. Um, but that's that's next. That'll be next week. Antichrist by Lars von Trier. I think the first Lars von Trier movie we are watching on the whole show. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah. a, a director I'm extremely conflicted about in general. Um, but that will be next week. Thanks, Dark Council, for picking this month. Uh, Kiran, thanks for being on the show. Uh, would you like to plug anything? Please do. Dude. Sir, hello. Sorry, my, my internet is being absolute dog shit right now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right, we'll just cut that little part out. Yeah. Did you want to plug All anything? Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I'm Kieran. I'm on Twitter, the Dying website. Um, you can find me uh, if you can spell my name. Sure. Uh, but you can also <laughs> check out Corner Spady, the podcast about Europe and the various. Uh, uh, weirdos and sex pests and crime and graft and bullshit that happens over here um you like troy duffy might have thought that we're cool uh we're not uh we're <laughs> roughly the same as americans <laughs> we just have our own languages <laughs> yeah, so many me. of them. yeah you can find us at operation glad.io <laughs> <laughs> is that true uh, yeah Nice. And if you'd like uh, an entry point into that show, I was I was a guest once uh, discussing the famous Dutch uh, blackface characters for to Pete, who is their version of uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, <laughs> in that he's Santa's companion in this case, uh, most likely was originally Santa's slave. That's right. Yeah. Some Moroccan dude that hung out for a while. Don't, don't ask about it. It's a great episode. I listened to it recently check out the show uh anyway thanks so much for being here that's the episode if you'd like to hear more of our show you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and you'll get a bonus episode we just voted uh, i wish i had up the results of the Ooh, vote why don't you uh, vamp for two more seconds and i'll pull it up <laughs> all right uh you can go and get bonus episodes of this show where we talk about uh, what do we talk about? Well, we it talk looks about like we talk about the HBO original series, Rome. Rome. <laughs> a real dark horse that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, but it's only two seasons, so I'm excited to watch it. I've never seen it. I I had a friend who was real into it, and they became a monk. So I can't... <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, so I'm excited to watch Rome. But we talk about Rome, which is the series that we are watching this this season i guess um we also talk about your emails we also talk about uh trailers movie news in general and uh if you'd like to vote on which show and nominate which show we're going to watch after rome you can join at the sopranos tier if you want to tell us what shows we have to and must watch on the regular episodes you can join the dark council all there on the website over there patreon.com slash generation loss you can follow us on twitter at gen pod you can follow us individually from there. And until next time, that's, that's movies. movies.